0: Movie Date is supported by the Movie Music Stream at yourclassical.org. Soundtracks for every moment of the day and features that complement your listening experience. Movies at yourclassical.org. Hey, Rafer. Hey, Kristen. Let's go down memory lane. Let's just just go down that lane.
1: It's my least favorite thing. (laughs) You love that lane. You love it. (laughs) All right.
0: Who was the coolest person in your high school?
1: Oh, the coolest person in my high school. Uh... Yeah. Was it you? It was. It was, it was definitely it was
0: totally you.
1: Definitely not me. No, but I do remember. I, there were not a lot of what I would call cool people. I mean, there were there were people that I liked who I thought were cool people, but there were no there was nobody at my high school that I sort of looked up to as the epitome of cool. But there was a girl I remember that one of my friends brought around from a different high school. Who was super cool? She was, yeah. You know, her hair was all styled up with the high in the back and the long over one eye in the front, and she had makeup on, and she had a jean jacket that she, you know, cut out some t-shirts of cool bands and put it on herself, and she had like some kind of funky skirt and converse, and she was just ever thinking, man, I got I got screwed at my high school. Why is this girl not? At, why did I not go to that high school? This girl's awesome. I didn't even know how to like even begin to talk to her. Even though I liked all the bands that she liked. But mm. she was clearly way, way, way far ahead of me. She was cool. Why? Whatever How about happened, you? Whatever Did, happened to her? Oh, I have no idea. I have mm. no idea. That, that whole, that whole um, social circle ended badly. That's another story. Oh, okay. But we won't go down that lane today. Down, let's not go down we'll that lane. today let us not go down we will leave that lane unexplored. You tell, me, you tell me what the coolest person at your school was. Did you have like a super cool clique oh, at your school? God.
0: I mean, if you have like the equivalent of the plastics, like... Who who's the pretty who's the prettiest? Who's like the homecoming queen? You had who's that? that person? There was definitely Kari Johnson. She oh. was the prettiest and she was the homecoming queen. She was smart. She was nice. Oh, she was. Like, like everybody else in Minnesota, she was very blonde. Uh-huh. Um, and she was sweet as can be, actually. She, oh, okay. she was great. Um, but she was definitely like the queen of the school. Wow. She was the queen of the school. But I went to like four high schools, so that was the high school I was in the longest. Have and you then, seen her since? Um, we were still connected on Facebook, Oh, look which, at that. Uh, which is really cool because I was not the queen of the school. <laughs> no, all. Oh no. I was very low on the social ladder. I was like on the poetry committee. I, I was doing That's stuff cool. like, no, no. Like I, I was going to concerts and I, I you know, I, I did nerdy stuff. Student council.
1: Oh, that sounds pretty good to me actually. Yeah.
0: I don't know. But, but she was like the queen of the school. And then. I remember another one. One of my high schools. If we want to talk about cool, like you're talking about cool with like the Chuck Taylors and the yeah. jean jackets and stuff, definitely Jason Swazo. When I oh, was yeah? in high school in Denver, oh yeah, he was so cool.
1: He in was like Denver, the coolest. Oh okay.
0: Oh, he was the coolest, coolest, coolest guy All in right. school, hands down. So cool. You knew that he was very rock and roll and probably getting up to no good at night, but during the day he
1: got great grades. And, oh, one of those guys. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He was that guy.
1: as if I didn't know, why are you asking me this question, Kristen?
0: Because one of the movies we're talking about this week is about the coolest kid in high school and trying to get him to come to the high school reunion. Because if he shows up, maybe everybody else will show up at the sorry, stupid reunion we're putting together. (laughs) Because you're Jack Black, and it's the 20th high school reunion, and you've deemed yourself – you've decided that you are – the head of the reunion committee, and it's your job to bring the coolest person into the school so people will come to it. That's in a movie called The D Train. So that's one of the movies we're talking about this week. We're also talking about Hot Pursuit, yes, which is Sofia Vergara and Reese Witherspoon's new kind of road trip movie, which some people might compare to The Heat. And then we're talking also about I Am Big Bird, the Carol Spinney story, which is a documentary about Carol Spinney who's played Big Bird from the very beginning. We'll get to all of that, plus some super fun movie therapy and sweatpants this week. All of that, but first, let's introduce ourselves. I'm Kristen Meinzer, culture
1: producer for The Takeaway. And I'm Rafer Guzman, movie critic for Newsday, and this is Movie Day.
0: Yes, they call him Mr. Cool. You can see he ain't no fool.
1: All right, Kristen, let's start off with Hot Pursuit. Sofia Vergara, Reese Witherspoon, together at last, they are, uh, one is a cop, that's Reese Witherspoon, sort of an uptight, by-the-book, but also a very bumbling cop, inept, can't do anything right. Her last name is Cooper, and Cooper has become a verb in her police department. Don't Cooper it. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, and so she has been assigned to... Uh, guard the widow of a drug dealer. She's going to be a, uh, an important witness in a case. Uh, things go haywire. That character is played by Sofia Vergara, who's a fiery, flamboyant Latina. And these two opposite personalities clash, and they're going to be forced to go on the lam, escaping from crooked cops and criminals and all kinds of bad guys. Here's a clip.
0: Honey, Bonnie, there you are. I've been looking all over for you.
1: Who, 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 who is that?
0: I am her lover. What? We had a little fight, but I'm sure you know whose fault it was. <laughs>
1: How the hell you understand her?
0: I usually don't even know what she's talking about. But we, we use body language.
1: But I'm calling the cops. Oh.
0: That sexy Sofia Vergara. Boy. Oh, so sultry. Look at her big boobies. Ay caramba. Yes, she's going to rub them up against you, and you're another woman, and the men will be distracted. Holy for holies.
1: (laughs) So you, Kristen, compared this, uh, you mentioned that it might be compared to The Heat with uh, Sandra Bullock and Melissa McCarthy, which you and I both love that movie.
0: Oh, so good. The Heat too is going to be coming out in the next year, and I am so excited about
1: that. Yes, as am I. And so uh now what did you think about this film?
0: I think that even though it's possibly trying to be The Heat and it's, you know, getting some comparisons, it's not anywhere
1: near as good as The Heat. And why not? Here's that's my question to you because I agree. Why why not?
0: I think both of these actors are very likable. I like Sofia Vergara. Yeah. I like Reese Witherspoon, but the jokes just aren't that funny and um frankly, I I I don't want to steal your thunder here, but something you were saying I think is very true to me um, earlier. You were saying – a lot of these jokes just depend on playing up female stereotypes and female yeah. body jokes and yeah. things like that. Like so. the
1: clip that we, that we heard, you know, it's the same thing. When you're trapped, you know, when you're, trapped, uh, you know you're, you're cornered by a redneck with a gun. That's Jim Gaffigan in that, in that role. You're cornered by a redneck with a gun. He's got the gun on you. He's going to call the cops. So what do you do to distract him? You pretend to be sexy lesbians. Oh, and mm. then I kind of feel like – and there's another joke in there where – they're cornered by a couple of people and they need to make an excuse to uh, toddle off somehow. So what do they do? They start talking about their periods. Oh, our icky periods. And the men say, ew, gross. Don't talk about that. We'll let you go. Ha <laughs> So I just kind of feel like – and, you know, it's interesting because this movie was directed by a woman. It's directed by Ann Fletcher who did 27 Dresses. Mm-hmm. But the script is written by two guys. And I feel like, you know, there's something to that. The jokes don't feel – like jokes that would have been written by a woman. I feel, I feel that if this movie had been written by a woman, you would have had a much different tone to it. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I
0: think it would have been smarter and more clever, and it would have been more subversive. These are not subversive jokes in the movie. These are yeah.
1: kind of tired 14 year old jokes, bro. Boy, are these? Jo- well, you know, and it's and and I have to say, there almost there almost aren't very many of what you would call jokes in the film. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like. There's a chase with a bus and some things like that. And then there's the, oh, we, we've got to escape from this bathroom. There's only, there's only one window and it's up kind of high. Give me a boost. Oh, my butt is in your face and I can't get out the window. And I kind of think, <laughs> wow, that's just not comedy, you guys. That's not, that's not funny.
0: Hearing you describe it is making me laugh harder than when I was watching the movie, actually. Watching the movie, I just felt... This is cute. These guys are likable. This is going to get a lot of play on late night TBS, but it, it's totally not memorable. It's just kind of cute.
1: I thought it it's was a cute a, movie. I thought it was a. I thought I thought Hot Pursuit was actually a very bad date. Like I thought it was a bad date. Mm. Yeah.
0: I thought I thought it was kind of a cute date, but not laugh out loud funny and not memorable. Interesting. But yeah. you just think it's
1: all out bad. I think it's bad. I think it's a bad movie. Yeah. Mm. I think it's a bad movie, especially and a, and a wasted opportunity given how many other great funny, creative, sort of unhinged comedies are coming out with females that are, you know, by or with females. And this one just seems like a throwback to yesterday's cheapo seventies action comedy to me.
0: Mm. So
1: yeah, no, I thought I thought it was I thought it was I thought it was really bad.
0: Oh wow. All right, let's move on to another date here. The D-Train.
1: Yes. Tell us about this.
0: So D-Train, as we were saying earlier, is the story of the guy who's the head of his high school reunion committee, played by Jack Black, trying to get as many people to come to the reunion as possible. The way to do that is to get the star basketball player, the hunk from high school, played by James Marsden, to leave L.A., where he's been trying to become a movie star, to bring some star power to the reunion. And he just needs to get this one guy back. And he makes up a bunch of elaborate lies to try and get him back. Here's a clip. Do you have any idea how many
1: people are out here trying to do what you're doing? And you know how many of them fail? Good for you, dog. Just like in high school. Uh oh. There's Lawless. What's he doing? Stepping back for the three? <laughs> Boom.
0: So wish. <laughs> I haven't thought about that in a while.
1: So, you know, you've got a little 80s music on the soundtrack, some in some erasure, you got <laughs> OMD, new song for OMD fans by the way from uh, Andy McCluskey of OMD on the closing Ooh, credits. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. So, um, under a, under a band title called The A-Train. Um, oh. Ha oh. so, uh, so you you know, you, I I feel like in a way you kind of know a little bit what you're getting into. Typical high school reunion, little nostalgia, face the past, yeah. face the present. We know how these things go. But it doesn't quite go that way, does it, Kristen? No,
0: it does not go that way. First of all, I couldn't tell if this was supposed to be a comedy or a drama. The tones seemed to be kind of all over the place. A little bit. And it wasn't just about a high school reunion, and it wasn't just about the insecure nerdy guy being redeemed by the popular kid. It's also a weird I'm-questioning-my-sexual-orientation movie, yes. and um, it's also kind of an Oprah a uh, tagline movie where it's like, let's just sum all of this up with, like, quotes from Oprah.
1: So, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I, I didn't really think that, but I guess I know what you're saying. Yeah,
0: it's just this weird kind of mix of stuff that I didn't quite know what it was shooting for or what it was trying to be. And is it too much of a giveaway to talk about that
1: sexual orientation thing? Well, I think there's kind of no other way to really talk about it because— Uh, it is, this is a little bit of a spoiler because the trailers are clearly afraid of this plot point completely. There's nothing about the fact that, here we go, James Marsden and Jack Black, their characters sleep together. And, and the reason I think it's worth saying this is because it, it drives the rest of the film. It's the, it's the pivotal moment in the film and it drives the rest of the plot. You would never know that from the trailers. It's buried, uh, it's buried. But, but I don't think it should
0: have driven the plot. I'm like, how is this driving the plot now? I don't well, understand
1: why this is... Uh, right. That's the that's the problem is that it, it, I kept thinking, well, this is a fairly daring thing to do uh, because usually in a case like this, what happens is the guy wakes up and at some point down the line says uh did we dot 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 and the other guy says what no what are you high that you know blah 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 right there's all there's always a there's always you you're 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 saved at some point you're saved from having actually committed the deed that does not happen here they slept together and you see it very briefly but rather graphically yes you do and uh that surprised me and i thought that was daring but the way that it's folded up into all this other stuff this whole lie to uh jack black's boss played by jeffrey tambor uh, these other subplots all this weird 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 subplot with uh jack black's son in the film all this other stuff kind of muddles the picture and so now you're now you you think well it's just a comedy in which a guy two guys happen to sleep together is just thrown in there with all this other stuff and so i'm not really grappling with that necessarily i'm just kind of juggling that with a bunch of other crap that i can't keep track of and i guess i just couldn't figure out what the movie was trying to do do you know what i'm saying yeah i i don't know i think you know what i'm
0: just gonna say it right now yeah you have to see weird buddy comedy movie this weekend see hot pursuit oh no i
1: disagree about that (laughs) I would rather see the D train than Hot Pursuit. You're
0: kidding me. I thought no. the D train, D is for disaster. Yeah. D I, is a disastrous date. Disastrous date. It was, I, it was a man, hot I, mess. It was everywhere. I did not know It's far more what to do interesting
1: than Hot Pursuit, though. There's nothing interesting about Hot Pursuit at hot, all. Hot
0: Pursuit is at least pleasant and harmless. This, This I felt did me harm.
1: Interesting oh yeah I didn't, I didn't think so you thought the D train was actually like a terrible, horrible, disastrous date.
0: Disastrous, possibly harmful, damaging date. Wow yes. no
1: I, I I disagree I thought it was I thought it was an interesting daring failed date <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I I can't say I'm gonna recommend it, but it's kind of you know, I gotta give some tip of the hat for trying to go there. That's oh, all
0: It's like the person who brings you to a porno show on a first date. <laughs> ah maybe. Yeah, I don't know. That that was that was actually a
1: reference to Taxi Driver. Oh, oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, I forgot yeah, about that, Kristen. Yeah. No, you were I'll so seventies. So
0: seventies. Okay. Sing,
1: sing a song. Next up, Kristen. I am Big Bird. The Carol Spinney story.
0: Oh yes, I, I was such a big Muppets and Sesame Street fan as a kid. I still Me love too. the Muppets. I think the Muppets are awesome. I love them.
1: Me too. And my kids have aged out of Sesame Street, but they were watching them uh, until somewhat recently. Uh, So this is a documentary about Carol Spinney, a guy whose name you probably don't know, but of course you know the character he plays, Big Bird, which he's been doing for 45 years? Since
0: Since 1968,
1: I think? Yeah, since the very beginning of Sesame Street. Um, And it's a a very sweet look at this guy and his personality and his life and what it takes to— embody this character and physically perform this character, along with, by the way, Oscar the Grouch. He's also Oscar the Grouch, uh, who, who also gets a little star time in there. Here's a clip. It's not that easy being green, having to spend the day the color of the leaves, when I think it could be nicer
0: being red or yellow or gold or something. Much more colorful like that. That's one of the most emotional parts of the movie. That's Carol Spinney as Big Bird at the memorial for Jim Henson when Jim Henson's dying. He has to, he's been asked to sing Kermit's signature song. Right. Right because Kermit can't be there to sing it.
1: Yes. Very, very touching moment. Very touching moment as is uh, another uh, moment that Sesame Street fans will recognize when Mr. Hooper dies, the grocer and uh, Mr. Hooper and uh, Big Bird were Long time, long time best friends. Big Bird could never pronounce his name right. Always called him Mr. Looper. Mm-hmm. And that episode has gone down in history as one of the great uh, television episodes of all time as a, a way of helping kids deal with a very real death. And um, it's a great episode, and seeing clips from that is very moving as well.
0: Yeah, uh, and we also find out some other crazy stuff that you know, many of us may not have known about like the teacher in space program, which put Krista McAuliffe and the Challenger out there in space. Yes. Was originally supposed to be the big bird in space program because they thought a great ambassador to space for children would be a bird. And big bird, who's the most famous bird. He actually flies, he goes into space. They couldn't make the costume work. This is an (laughs) eight foot two inch costume. They couldn't make that work in a zero gravity environment. So they nixed the whole uh, Big Bird in Space program, and they started the Teacher in Space program instead. And we all know how tragically that ended.
1: Yes. And Um, um, Yeah.
0: Yeah, but we find out that Big Bird's been instrumental in all sorts of major world events. The opening of China to the U.S. Yes, (laughs)
1: Bob Hope and Big Bird go to China. Yes.
0: Yeah, it's just amazing how much Big Bird's been involved with all these other things and just to go back for a second to his eight foot two inch size, yes, you learn how that works, which is amazing. How really is the no- best?
1: The best part of the film to how, me.
0: How is a normal sized human being? He's six foot two. Yeah. How is he an eight foot two tall bird? And you get to see how that happens. It's really fascinating. Yeah, it's
1: amazing, and it, you know, not only does he have to hold his hand over his head and and manipulate the beak, but he's got a whole other rig inside that helps him um, with. Big Bird's actual arms. He's got a a monitor strapped to his chest, and he actually has room inside the Big Bird costume to tape up the script on on the kind of wall of Big Bird that's in front of him. That's a remarkable part of the movie, and I kind of wish, to be honest, there was a little bit more of that, a little bit more behind the scenes of Sesame Street, making of what's involved, rather than a lot of testimony to what a great, sweet, wonderful guy Carol Spinney is, which I'm sure is true. But I found that got a little repetitive, and I mm-hmm. would have liked to have seen a little bit more about the Sesame Street, uh, the Sesame Street stage set, and what it takes to do it. That I would have liked a little bit more. the The, the documentary is a. It, just tips slightly over into overly sweet mm. for me, I really
0: liked the sweetness, and I love the love story with deborah deborah's his that's cute wife, his wife and um, what's also great about that is so much of what we see in the movie is their own home movies, their own yes. photographs they kind yes. of like have been all over the world together, and she's been a great partner and just a, a great keeper of all the archives of everything they've done, so I don't even know if this movie would have been possible without all of the thousands of hours of home movies yeah. and photographs and snapshots and so on that uh they had, you know, kept together in their own archives over the years. So I thought that was really sweet too, just to see these personal moments in his life that maybe you wouldn't have seen otherwise.
1: Yeah. I mean, I thought I I, I enjoyed the film. I, I thought I am Big Bird is a really good date. It's and especially if you're a Sesame Street fan, I think it, it will kind of um it will revive your interest in it, and I think it will make you realize what an achievement that whole show has been. Oh, um, yeah. You know, not, and not I mean, also Big Bird, also Oscar the Grouch, but also just the whole Sesame Street project and how massively influential and iconic uh, it's become. And, yeah. that, and that, that is really worth seeing to me.
0: Definitely. I would say, I am Big Bird. Great date best date of the week, hands down. Yeah,
1: that's, that's, that's <laughs> true. It's the best movie in the theaters right now, that's for sure.
0: All right, well, stay with us, because coming up for Sweatpants this week, we're going to be talking about a TV show we both love, Inside Amy Schumer, Season 3. We also have a great movie therapy question, and of course, trivia. Movie Date is supported by the Movie Music Stream at yourclassical.org, a new site for expertly curated streams, unique programs, and relevant features to promote calm and focus. Click to discover a soundtrack for every moment of your day, whether it's filled with adventure, romance, intrigue, or quiet contemplation. Find a steady stream for your epic scenes with movies at yourclassical.org. I'm Kristen Meinzer.
1: And I'm Rafer Guzman.
0: And this is Movie Date. Now, Rafer, we should remind people that they should go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Podcast. We've been trying to put new trailers of the day up every day this week. There's some wacky movies that are coming up, including the new Meryl Streep-Rick Springfield movie. Can't wait for that. Ricky <laughs> and the Flash. I'm so <laughs> yes. excited. We have that trailer up. We have the trailer for the new Woody Allen movie. We have all sorts of trailers on the website right now. So go to facebook.com slash moviedatepodcast to look at those trailers, leave comments, and so on. But it's not really Facebook time now. I think it's sweatpants time.
1: You're wearing sweatpants. It's Monday. Never mind the Queen of England. I don't know. Does the Queen of England only wear sweatpants? When
0: you are a man, sometimes you wear stretchy pants
1: in your room. Well, Kristen, inside Amy Schumer, she uh, Amy Schumer has really been just she's just
0: exploded in the last few
1: months. Yeah, and she's really, she's really, she's really been one of these internet age celebrities for sure. Even if you don't watch the show, chances are. Somebody has forwarded you an Amy Schumer clip in the last 48 hours, probably, right?
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, her show is on Comedy Central, and we're in season three of it right now, and she's been the host of different programs on different networks and so on. But she's really, thanks to the internet, I feel just in the last few months become so huge.
1: And she's become, I think, uh, kind of a Jon Stewart figure in a way, just in terms of her being able to speak truth to power. Uh, that seems to be her kind of forte. Uh, and of course the 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 power that we're speaking of is the patriarchy i think if John, If John Stewart was speaking to uh, you know politics and the government and the right, she's speaking to uh, the male dominated culture and and taking it on and I think doing a very very good and very funny and often um, sort of painfully uh, insightful job of it
0: now here is just to give you an idea if you haven't seen inside Amy Schumer, here's a clip of a fake advertisement for contraception that she appears in. You live a busy life. The last thing you want to have to worry about is your birth control pill. That's why we're introducing Orthoestrin, a new low-dose daily birth control pill with little to no side effects. Ask your doctor if birth control is right for you. Then ask your boss if birth control is right for you. Ask your boss to ask his priest. Find a Boy Scout and see what he thinks. Tap a mailman on the shoulder. Ask your dog if contraception is right for you. Ask your mailman if contraception is right for you. Ask your boss to ask your doctor if contraception is right for you. Ask your husband to ask the Pope if right. contraception is right for you.
1: <laughs> it's very funny. It's very, very funny. Um, I Look, I like Amy Schumer. I think she's really interesting. I am going to say that I think she is in danger of striking the same chord over and over. Oh. I, I do I do feel like she is getting to the point where she has only one topic to address and that is the patriarchy. The patriarchy or, you know, the patriarchy and or femaleness. And mm-hmm. you know, uh, this may be an unpopular thing to say because Amy Schumer is so beloved right now and I'm a guy. But um you could somewhat say the same thing for someone like Richard Pryor, I suppose, who spoke a lot about race in his in his comedy acts, and and, and almost always brought things back to questions of race. Um, so I kind of understand that a comedian has a certain persona, and there's there's going to be a certain kind of uh, uh, arena that that comedian works in. But I do kind of feel like this one this one issue to me uh, is getting a little bit repetitive and i would sometimes like to see her broaden out and mm-hmm. attack some other some other targets because mm-hmm. she's very she's very funny she's very clever um and i'd like to see her kind of bring that to some other targets
0: mm, i can see what you're saying i mean i think you're right she does target people who in hollywood only cast young hot women who are yeah. under 30 she does address rape culture she does address how women are treated in dating arenas and yes. so on. So you're right. She does a lot of what it's like to be a female in this world stuff. I do think she does some funny uh, jabs at just the media in general once in a while. Yes. She does do funny jabs at what it's like to just be in a relationship, which isn't mm-hmm. necessarily about being female. But I, I do get your point. All that being said. I don't care. I think she's hilarious. <laughs> I love her. And that's why I am really glad that she's our sweatpants pick this week. Yes. Yeah,
1: no. I, and, she, and she and I think she's I think she also um, I think her secret weapon, too, is her uh, supporting cast because she always gets these really good people to play uh, other parts. Paul Giamatti as God. Oh, Josh Charles. As the, as the coach <laughs> in her Friday Night Lights parody, which is very funny. Um, You know, uh, and so I think she gets these really good people, uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Patricia Arquette, you know, all these kinds of— Tina Fey. Tina Fey. Very funny routines, and she's got a great cast with her. Uh, You know, I I think she's really, really funny. She's got her own movie coming out, Trainwreck. I'm going to be very interested to see how Amy Schumer navigates a Hollywood romantic comedy. Mm. The, 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 the The danger for sellout is very high very high there. And I'm going to be very curious to see what she does with that and what lines in the sand she's going to draw for a, ro- for a rom-com called Trainwreck. That'll be interesting.
0: Oh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, well, me too. Me too. You'll have to tune into Movie Day and hear that, hear exactly. our conversation all about Trainwreck.
1: What seems to be the trouble? Can I confess something?
0: I'm just trying to tell you about my feelings.
1: He's been depressed. Help!
0: Let's move on to some movie therapy, shall we? What, what do we have in the mailbag today, Rafer?
1: This week, Kristen, we've got a question from Matt in Austin who needs our help. He says, I'm going on vacation with my eight-year-old daughter this week. Which timeless classic movies shall we watch? We've already seen Nacho Libre, Ace Ventura, and Napoleon Dynamite. Now, Matt, do I sense a little sarcasm there? No. Timeless classics? Oh,
0: come on. I, I, you know what? First of all, I'm going to say he was sincere. Okay. But I'm also going to say... You're coming from a dude perspective, Matt. That's I'm I'm sure. sorry, because you know Ace what? Ace Ventura. You have an eight-year-old daughter, dude. Okay? <laughs> Let her see some women. And I know there are not a lot of females in the movies. True. Like, the movies are like 80% of the talking roles are men. True. Still, Amy Schumer could tell us about
1: that. Yeah, she sure could. She
0: sure could. But I think some of your timeless classics should include some girls or some women. But but I will say this. Rafer can speak to this too. When you're on vacation with kids, I've been on road trips with my niece and nephew. Rafer, you have your two wonderful sons. Those movies are so wonderful. <laughs> oh, boy, you, oh need, you
1: need something, you know. Uh, yeah, what we do is we uh, we put a bungee cord between the two front seat headrests, and then we hang the iPad over the bungee cord and let them watch it that way. Works like a charm. Genius.
0: Oh, genius. You, you should trademark that. <laughs> I really
1: should. <laughs> I'll take that to Joy Mangano and see if she wants to join me on that. Uh, okay, so we have picked a few movies for you, Matt, uh, that, you know, now look, maybe your 8-year-old loves these kind of uh, your eight-year-old daughter loves these kind of movies but we we have picked some movies that have some female heroines in them so Kristen you go first
0: alright so first I want to go for what's a real classic actually not Nacho Libre
1: <laughs> poor Matt <laughs> we're just giving you a hard time
0: Mary Poppins that's Mary, a classic Mary Poppins is awesome she's smart She's overly persnickety, which is kind of funny. Yep. She She's so perfect. It drives you nuts. But she's also just a lot of fun. And she'll take you on adventures. She'll nurture you and discipline you in a way that your parents can't because your parents are way too busy doing other things. And sometimes that's the way kids feel in this world. Like, why are my parents so busy all the time? Right. And I think that that's just, you know a great jumping off point because kids will understand that and then you'll just be on these magical adventures with Mary Poppins you'll meet some animated penguins you'll go dancing, you'll meet people who feed the birds and just everyday magic and also imaginary magic that you can have when you're an 8 year old kid and the songs are so fun
1: in every job that must be done there is an element of fun you find the fun and snap, the job's a game
0: and every task you undertake becomes a piece of cake, a lark, a spree. It's very clear to see that a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. I just love the music the in Mary Poppins. Oh, sure. And Julie Andrews, she's terrific in this. She is. So that's my first pick for this week's movie therapy. How about you, Rafer?
1: Uh, Switching gears just slightly, I'm going to pick a kind of forgotten film from the the mid-90s called Matilda, and this was uh, directed and starring Danny DeVito. Uh, It's about a little girl named Matilda Wormwood, played by Mara Wilson, and she is a smart, bookish, uh, intelligent kid. Uh, Her parents are... Uh, basically two sleazeball criminals, uh, Danny DeVito and Rhea Perlman. Uh, he's a crooked car salesman who's running all kinds of illegal rackets. Meanwhile, Matilda is uh, in this uh, girls, girls' boarding school type of place run by Mrs. Trunchbull and the kindly Miss Honey. And uh, so Matilda has a lot on her plate here, and she's trying to deal with it all. Uh, by the way, she's also telekinetic. Here's a clip. Any packages come today? Mm-mm. Where'd all this come from? The library. The library? You've never set foot in a library. You're only four years old. Six and a half. You're four. Six and a half. If you were six and a half, you'd be in school already. I want to be in school. I told you I was supposed to start school in September. You wouldn't listen. So you can almost tell from that description that it's based on a Roald doll uh, book, of course. And I will say this. The movie is... Very strange and not for all tastes. The humor gets a little dark, a little rough, a little bizarre at times. Um, but I think it's funny. It's unusual. It's got that crazy, weirdo Danny DeVito touch to it, a uh, small part by uh, Paul Rubens in this movie. So that's my recommendation to you. Excellent.
0: And my next recommendation from the late 90s. So your daughter wasn't even born yet, so you can still call this a classic if you want to. Ever after. This is Drew Barrymore's oh, sure. take on the Cinderella story. And in it, Drew Barrymore wanted to show beauty in a way that didn't involve a lot of makeup, a lot of sparkle, a lot of skin. And she does it. She just looks like this kind of classic, natural, pretty girl who is good and decent and strong and very much a feminist in this. Uh, she doesn't get bossed around by men, she may get bossed around by her stepmother and stepsisters but she manages to come out ahead and to be ethical and decent throughout and to be physically strong too which i think is great you don't normally see cinderella being physically strong here's a clip the franciscans have an astonishing library since you are so fond of reading i thought perhaps you might join me
1: it's not fair sire you have found my weakness but i have yet to learn yours
0: well i should think it
1: was quite obvious
0: that's Ever After from 1998, Drew Barrymore's movie. I think your daughter's going to like it, Matt.
1: I love Drew Barrymore. I know you do. Boy, I, know. I love Drew she's Barrymore. She's
0: wonderful, isn't it? She, uh, she's just so sweet. She's yeah. so sweet. Uh,
1: okay, um, my last recommendation to you, going a little bit uh, off the beaten track here, yet again, Mystery Men. Uh, again, another forgotten oh, interesting film. Interesting pick, Rafer. Well, now there, this is not. Uh, this is a, a mostly male ensemble cast. But I'll tell you the reason I I picked it in a moment. Uh, If you remember this film, this was long before the superhero craze, decades before the superhero craze. And it was poking fun at the superhero genre. Ben Stiller plays uh, Roy. His superpower is he gets angry. Nothing else happens to him. He just gets angry. (laughs) Hank Azaria plays the, the Blue Raja, I think it is, who can throw cutlery very well. William H. Macy plays the shoveler. All he can do is shovel. So there are a bunch of inept guys, normal guys, who are trying to be superheroes, but they haven't even picked very good superhero powers. The reason I picked this movie is it also stars Janine Garofalo. I think, again, an overlooked talent and one of the first kind of strong female comedians that we saw in this modern era. She plays the bowler. She's a very good bowler in the movie. So she's got that going for her. Here's a clip.
0: Hi. Hi, you guys. Am I too late to try out?
1: What time is it? I don't ever watch on. Yeah, sorry. You'll have to pretend to be a superhero somewhere else. Really? I see. That's fine. <sighs> love Janine Garofalo. I do too and she's really good in this. Um, and I, what I like about it is that she just kind of joins the pack. She doesn't have to be anyone's girlfriend. She doesn't have to be anyone's love interest. She's just part of the crew helping out the guys and I think that's cool and I think that shows that you know that, that women have a place in the world without having to be the Damsel in Distress. So and I also like this movie a lot. I think it was really ahead of its time, frankly. Uh, terribly reviewed. Little, little loved <laughs> film, even today. Uh, but I am going to say I think it's got some really great stuff. Very well directed. Very funny.
0: So, Matt, those are our movie therapy picks for you and for your daughter. We hope you have a great vacation. And reminder to all listeners, you can always write us or call us with your movie therapy questions at facebook.com slash moviedatepodcast. Or you can call us at 5717movies. You can also use those to answer our trivia questions. So, Rafer, what did we ask last week for trivia?
1: Well, last week we were talking about Avengers Age of Ultron, and Kristen and I both agreed that the movie was no good, but it did have James Spader as Ultron, and we realized that James Spader and Robert Downey Jr., who plays Iron Man, have been in a movie before. We asked you to name that movie. We played this clip. All you have to do is relax. I'm going to pay you back. All you need to do is trust me. I don't want to
0: trust you, Julian. I just want my 50K, all right? What's going on? Juliet.
1: Everyone is accountable. Make me understand, Julian. I really want to understand. 80s fans, can you name that movie? We got, we got the right answer. Hello, this is one of the many callers with this week's correct answer to the trivia question. The movie with Downey and Spader is Less Than Zero from back in 1987. The first film that Downey was actually billed as Robert Downey Jr. That's an easy one. Oh, you don't have to look me up with the NSA. This is Ken from New Jersey. Um, And, you know, Less Than Zero was the second film they did together. The third one is the current Avengers Age of Ultron. But what was the first film, not a very good one, that they did together. All right, you answer that
0: one. Ken from New Jersey calling it, yes, that is less than zero. Of
1: course. Doesn't get much more 80s than Breddy Sanellis. Oh, less than zero.
0: And you are really taking it to the next level, Ken, because you're asking us a trivia question as well. What other movie we have Robert Downey Jr., and James Spader in. So.
1: And we thought we were so clever. Neither know. neither Kristen nor I had any idea what this movie was, but we are going to now play you a clip. We're going to let Ken take away this week's trivia question. Let's play this clip.
0: He's got an attitude.
1: <laughs> no black riding on camp. Well, I was just sort of hoping I could take a quick ride through history. And then I think you mind taking those off? I'd like to see who I'm talking to. They've got a problem. Look at me. Not
0: until you tell me what your name is.
1: He lives in two worlds. I'm sure Patty and Alan will vouch for us. Always behind enemy lines. You are not now, nor were you ever members of this club. Just when I thought we were going to be good friends.
0: That clip is from the movie that Ken told us about.
1: The yeah. first film to star James Spader and Robert Downey Jr. It sounds great, doesn't it? Wow,
0: yeah, so... You know, movie daters out there, do you know what movie this is? Tell us what this movie is with James Spader and Robert Downey Jr. from way back in the day. Give us a call, 5717movies.
1: Or you can write to us at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash podcast. Sing, sing a song. Sing out loud. Sing out, out strong. Out strong. Of good things, not bad. Yeah, not the bad that's stuff.